0: Coming to you from beautiful Flagstaff, Arizona, this is the Drinking Horn Meadcast. Join us as we take a deeper dive into mead and mead culture. All right, all right, all right, ladies and gentlemen, we are here in the mead hall. We're actually in the mead hall not in a meadery, not in some random place. We are in right the middle of the action. We've got the fire blazing behind our guest, and we've got people getting ready to enjoy some flights of mead, we got Marcus the mead slinger. Um, so just kind of painting a picture of, uh, it's, it's good in here.
1: Yeah, well, I, I mean, I, I always tell this to people that it has absolutely uh, exceeded all my expectations.
0: Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it is a pretty kick-ass spot for sure. and. If you haven't been to the Meat Hall, or if you're not going to get a chance because you're listening somewhere else, maybe uh, you know somewhere else in the country, or you know we have international guests that listen—or not guests, but
2: listeners—go
0: um, on to our Instagram page, our Facebook page, and you'll be able to to get a, a feel for it. I think. So, anyway, uh, who who the hell was talking there? It was me, yeah. Halbjorn.
1: Ah, Halbjorn the Viking.
0: Halbjorn the Viking, our resident Viking. Yes, um, he is joining us because. If you listen to this podcast, or this meadcast, 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 You know that we hit three main subjects. We will hit either mead, honey, yeah, I'm telling you, it's fun in here. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah,
1: it's great. I love it. It's nice to have a raucous, uh, a raucous social distancing mead hall. So.
0: <laughs> yeah, yep. And we got a group in here who's obviously enjoying the mead, enjoying each other's company. Um, yeah, we got our, We talk about mead. We talk about bees, or we talk about Viking stuff, or you know, it's hard to say Viking because we say Norse or Scandinavian sure. mythology, that kind of sure. thing.
1: I mean, it, generally the term Viking, you know, kind of has been become synonymous within the common vernacular but if we're talking to a bunch of historians and if we're talking to a bunch of people who are uptight about those sorts of labels then yeah it makes sense that like okay no uh, it's not Viking it's medieval Scandinavian
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah because as we've talked about before Viking is a profession it's not a people
1: correct a profession in the sense that it's the same thing as like a pirate there was a pirate culture uh, in the Caribbean and near Mexico and such um, and And just all over, but to say that there was like a single nation or culture that was like you know all behind one Jolly Roger uh, is just not the case
0: yeah. Cool. Well, we are talking about, uh, I think, something very apropos, I think would be the right word, uh, um, fitting of the season that's coming up. And what are we going to be discussing uh, tonight?
1: Uh, Well, we will be discussing Yule or Yol, which, you know, some of you may know what that is. uh, But for those of you who don't, it's basically.
0: (laughs) We can pause for a second there. These mics are really good and can do really good jobs, but that was a little ridiculous. (laughs) (laughs) It happens. Marcus is doing a good job. Oh, yeah. So what exactly will be? What exactly will we be
1: talking about so this t- evening? Today, generally, we'll be talking about uh, Yule or Yol, as it's called, uh, uh, and not even in Yole. like the Viking days, uh, but also it is still called Yule or Yol or blotter or something like that, uh, even in the modern Scandinavian and Nordic countries today, even. Um, and if you don't know what Yule is, listening at home, it is. Uh, basically what Christmas was before it was Christmas and the holiday season as we know it today. Uh, Particularly, we're talking about how it kind of pertains to uh, Odin and some of the other gods and beasts and spirits uh, that come out around this time of year.
0: Ooh, beasts and spirits. I Mm -hmm. like that. So it's kind of a a little bleed out of Halloween, even.
1: A little bit. I mean, it turns out that a lot of the old pagan religious holidays were just kind of another Halloween, that they were, you know, these, these times where the spirit world and our world would merge a little bit closer and that there were certain types of spirits for certain, you know, times of the year and such that, you know, came with nature and came with the nature spirits that these people worshipped and appeased.
0: Nice. That's awesome. So I'm really excited about, um, about turning my microphone down just a little bit. i really excited about, uh, this discussion, uh, because I haven't really delved Until today when I did some research I hadn't delved too far into it and we're gonna talk about some stuff that is um might be very surprising to people when discussing the similarities between the Christmas holiday and Yule, mm-hmm. and especially one character in particular that we're going to be discussing as well. So I'm I'm just I'm stoked. I'm excited oh, yeah. to I'm always excited to sit down and, and learn stuff from. We, we've from, talked from about yeah. him
1: before with stealing the meat of poetry, Óðr or, right. or uh from the giants and dwarves and such. Uh, it's our it's the good old all, fa- all father himself, Odin. You know, Odin. In, in his endless pursuit of knowledge.
0: Yeah, yeah, and if you uh, want to go back and listen to that, it is episode number, I don't remember, I think like three or four. some or four. It's something something one of the earlier ones, yeah. Yeah, we talked about the meat of poetry. Um, and so, yeah, we're talking about Odin. And I thought this would be kind of cool to do it uh, this way. I've got these little cards, uh. and I wrote down subjects, um, or... I guess comparisons, if you will, between Yule and Odin, and the Christmas um, holiday, mm-hmm. and so what I'm gonna do is just basically shuffle this around, All right. and, uh, and throw a subject at you, and you can... Uh, you can Spin the wheel. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Darn it. Next <laughs> time. Uh, cards are fine. <laughs> cards are fine. <laughs> Next time I'll get, a, I'll get a wheel. The wheel of Odin. As, as former Odin. teachers, we love flashcards, so, you know. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> All right, so uh, here we go. Start with the first one. All right, and it is oh, all right, horse versus reindeer. Ooh, okay, horse or, versus reindeer. Well, and, and not necessarily versus, but like talk about it. Sure, you know what I'm saying. Sure.
1: Well, and in order to talk, I mean, we can generally just talk about you know that uh, basically Odin is Santa Claus, or Santa Claus is just a rendition or a conglomerate that either started with or one of his iterations is the god Odin. Um, And, you know, of course, you know, Santa Claus then also, you know, Became Santa Claus as we know it during the Victorian era, and he actually didn't start wearing red until the Dutch uh, got a hold of him with Sinterklaas, but also because Coca-Cola put him in red, and that's why he's in red.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yep. The the 20s and 30s, or basically like the 30s, 30s and to 40s 60s, or something like that. There was a, a specific Santa Claus mm-hmm. that actually I just learned one artist, the same artist did all of them for 30 years. Yeah. The Coca-Cola really? Santa Claus, oh, yeah, oh, wow, nice. which transformed our knowledge of it. So yeah, so but, I guess that's a good start. Like we actually. Can't Just go into horse and reindeer without first saying what we're talking about. We're talking about Odin and his comparison to what we know as Santa Claus. Right? Yeah. So tell us about the horse and the reindeer. So
1: basically, you know, we we know that Santa Claus he has eight reindeer that pull his sleigh. I mean, if you count nine, if you count Rudolph and such. But (laughs) in, in the original story of Santa Claus that started in the Victorian era. Uh, you had the eight reindeers, Dasher, Donner, or Dasher, Prancer, Donner, and Blitzen, all the other different ones. Oh, I thought you were gonna get it. I I, I only know the the two names uh, that are kind of important to this discussion, and we'll bring that up later a little bit. That's Uh, right, that's right, Uh, But instead of a sleigh or reindeer, Uh, Odin had the horse Sleipnir. Uh, Sleipnir was particularly interesting. He was the fastest horse in all the Nine Realms. Uh, He... uh, and, And that's probably because he had eight legs. Uh, it, it was an uh, an arachna horse. Uh. <laughs> that's
0: hilarious! Um, I never thought about it that way.
1: And also happened to be the uh, the son of Loki. Uh, one of the one of the children of Loki, strangely enough. And we could yeah, it's a, a weird story. Whole, we could do a whole other episode on Loki's
0: interesting, you know, m- marital habits. Let's uh, <laughs> yes, yeah. Let's let's do that. Let's uh, do a whole episode on that. So an eight legged. Uh, horse
1: Horse, yep Sleipnir and it was you know this was Odin's steed so to speak that he would ride out into battle or uh, out into the world or you know if he had to get somewhere fast he was definitely going to be taking Sleipnir because he again fastest horse in all the nine realms yeah eight legs Uh, it's going to happen exactly exactly (laughs) Um, but uh, so but the thing is, is that there's not really a lot of explana- or a lot of examples of Odin using a sleigh, except for maybe one or two in the poetic Eddas where there's some vague mention of a certain rune being etched in the side of Sleipnir's sleigh, mm. uh, which kind of means that you know, he could ride a mon- uh, ride the back, uh, but he could also pull a chariot or a sleigh or anything else like that. And many of the gods had chariots. Thor had uh, a chariot uh, pulled by rams. Uh, Freya had a chariot pulled by big cats. Uh, by cats? By cats, yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. So that that meme of the cat flying across the sky uh, could actually Freya. be Freya. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's that's interesting that, that there were... I didn't know about the whole... S- Excuse me, the whole sleigh thing. Mm -hmm. But that was actually on one of my cards. So we're going to do that. We're going to bleed into other (laughs) subjects.
1: Well, and what's interesting, though, is uh, particularly is, I mean, this might just be happenstance. But, you know, Odin's horse has eight reindeer. But... The horse has, you know, the, the, the horse has eight legs, whereas Santa has eight reindeer.
0: That's kind of funny. Uh, I don't know if you noticed or not, but you said Odin, Odin had, had eight had reindeer. Eight, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: it's well, but still, Odin yeah, is
0: Santa, I'm especially in this particular sense. So I'm absolutely telling you, uh, the more I looked into this, the more I was like, oh, damn. Like, these aren't really coincidences right. at all.
1: Well, and one of the reasons why reindeer are very prevalent within the Santa Odin... Con- combined conglomerated mythos uh, is because reindeer were still used, or, or well, were used and are still used today, even. Uh, by the Sami people uh, they're kind of the sort of European northern European equivalent of the Eskimos or the uh, Inuit or the, the northern tribes and such uh, that were there some people suspect were there before even like the Vikings and the The, uh, the other people came in from the steppes and such so they were huh. there even longer But right. to this day they still use reindeers as a mode of transportation behind their sleighs and because santa was kind of developed in the victorian era uh every you know english person during that time uh it wasn't the north pole and we can get to that later um but it was you know it was uh they actually said that santa was in lapland which is just the land of the sami uh just the land you know they called them laplanders but that's now not a you know too politically correct a term nowadays so they just prefer sami um, but that was where Santo really was from, and so they said, "Oh well, if he comes from Lapland and he has all these reindeer, that must be what
0: you know pulls his sleigh and yep. that 's why reindeer gotcha and i 'm kind of embarrassed to say it wasn 't till today that I put the word rain and deer together <laughs> <laughs> that you actually would have them on reins to uh, pull like a say a sleigh uh, or something okay.
1: <laughs> People still think it means that you know they, they like the rain like the weather or something <laughs> yeah, <you know>?
0: yeah. <laughs> Nice. Okay, so I uh, I pulled that card out the sleigh. We talked right. about that. So that's I mean that's that's just one of many that we're going to talk about. But like the the eight legs, the eight reindeer. Um, yeah. Cool. All right. Next well, and even the name of
1: the reindeer are a little oh, bit. Oh yeah, important. you want to talk about that? Uh, so I mean, all the other ones, Dasher and I mean uh, uh, Dasher and Prancer and all these other kind of ones are obviously you know, synonymous with speed and agility and things like that. But then you have the two, Donner and Blitzen. Uh, And both Donner and Blitzen are kind of anglicized names for uh, the German words for thunder and lightning. Absolutely. Uh, And even Donner, which uh, is kind of a borrowing, again, anglicized, uh, but it can even come from Donar, which was a sort of, I guess, mid-European name or even Germanic name for Thor. Donar was Thor. And even to this day, Donner or Donder uh, means thunder
0: in German. Yeah, yeah, thunder. Nice. Yep. And then blitz, yeah, blitzkrieg, blitz, blitz and right. lightning roar.
1: Yeah. And so it's uh, thunder and lightning. But this kind of possibly alludes sort of to, I uh, mean, we can talk about it a little bit later as well, depending on the cards. Um, <laughs> if, the, if it's in the if cards. If it's in the cards. <laughs> uh, but it was basically that, you know, Santa's trip around the world uh was actually synonymous with the wild hunt nice i think what's gonna happen (laughs) is you're probably gonna hit these and i'll just pull them out
0: so if we get kind of stuck so yeah i did have um the the kind of streaking across the night sky thing so talk about that go ahead Uh, oh yeah
1: so um basically the streaking across the night sky You know, delivering uh, presents, and we're not
0: talking about streaking like like Odin's not flying around with no clothes on.
1: I mean, I don't think. I don't think. Maybe, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, (laughs) I haven't asked the guy. Um, (laughs) Next time, next time we see Odin. (laughs) Um, But so this whole you know the the Christmas uh, journey across the whole world to give presents to the uh, girls and boys of the world is very similar to uh, Odin's wild hunt. And it was during Yuletide, uh, or Yul- Yul- Yuletide, uh, Yuletide uh, that you had. Uh, that Odin would gather his retinue of elves and dwarves and spirits and beasts and uh, gods and other deities and spirits and such, just all together, and they would go on this wild hunt during Yuletide, kind of in the middle, sort of near December 25th, more or less. Um, And this was the night that Odin would not only bring presents to the people who worshipped him and who did good deeds, you know. uh, He would also bring justice to the, you know, not-so-good people and to the not-so-good deeds and right the wrongs and everything. So, Ah. he really did have a naughty and nice list, but you got a lot more than just coal if you were naughty. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) More like a spear in the gut.
0: (laughs) Oh, I'll take the coal for sure. So, yeah, he had had a list was he checking it
1: twice I would imagine so I mean I don't think that he as a omnipotent all-father all-seeing God would have to check <laughs> something like that twice but you know he's got a list
0: you know yeah that's so yeah if you're listening right now we're talking about all the kind of relations between not only you but specifically I wanted to uh, have us talk about the the Santa Claus and Odin connection. Um, so we're listening here with Hallbjorn Bjorn, our resident Viking, and we have already hit um, five of my cards um, talking about, and I've got many, I've yeah. got many, I've got, oh, yeah. I've got way more cards, all these kind of coincidal things between Odin and Santa Claus. So, um, yeah, so we've got the reindeer uh, from the eight legs of Slipnir. We've got the sleighs that are kind of mentioned in some of the, the Eddas. Um, Edda's? Is that right? Uh, Edda's, yeah. Edda's, okay. Yeah. Poetic and prose Edda, but
1: it's, yeah, it's all the Edda's.
0: Cool. Yeah, and we've got um, him having kind of a list in his mind of who's bad and who's good, who's naughty and who's nice, if well, you will. It,
1: you know, he also sends his ravens, Hoogen and Moonen, out in the world every day and throughout the whole year. So it really is that, you know, Santa's watching you. You know, Odin's watching you. Oh, my god. You, you better be good.
0: <laughs> that is awesome. So when I'm walking around in the alleyway and there's a, a raven watching me, uh, that could be Santa, quote-unquote, Odin's yeah, uh, Pretty much. Uh, ravens.
1: Yep. That's why out. ravens were a very sacred animal to them, yeah. Uh, yeah. To, the, to the Vikings and to the Scandinavians during that time period.
0: Yeah, and don't think of ravens, even though they're like, you know, you see them eating garbage and stuff around here. Don't think of them as, as like trash birds. They are smart as get out. In fact, they say they're as smart as, say, border collies or mm-hmm. maybe even smarter, and they have facial recognition. Facial that recognition nuts.
1: and language, they have different dialects of their <laughs> language. Uh, they will actually hold court and they will hold funerals as well when one of their members dies in their Whoa. community. They are very smart animals. There's some, uh, a lot of people actually say that they're just as smart if not a little bit
0: smarter than like parrots. And yeah. those are oh, wicked sure. smart. so yeah. Wicked smart, eh? Wicked
1: sm-
0: <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw a card down. Sure. Yeah. All right. You hit five of them there in like one talk. Um, oh, so a name. So Father. Oh, oh, turn it around yeah, for you there. Yeah. Uh, Father Blank. So there's sure. we call you know Santa. We call him uh, well his his name before it was just Santa Claus was Father Christmas right. at once. Father time.
1: Christmas, Saint Nick, Kris Kringle, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> lots you know, of them. There's lots of different ones, but just like you know Santa Claus, Odin did have lots of different names. Obviously there is Odin which or or if you want to actually like pronounce it as Odin. Uh, you've got let you like, do that, that. Yeah, you've gotta <laughs> have that like weird like interesting stop of the tongue at the end. Yeah. Uh, but that also ties to Othr or Odr, which means inspiration in Othur odor and such. Um, But you have Odin, uh, there's also, the English call them Wotan, which is where we get the term Wednesday from, or Woden's Day. There's lots of different names that he had, but some of his nicknames had much more fatherly figures. So a lot of people kind of would probably know this, that he is Odin the Allfather. Mm -hmm. You know, he's the father of mankind, he is the head of the Norse pantheon, uh, sitting on his throne with his two dogs and his... Uh, his ravens, um, but he is also known as the Yule Father or the Yule Father. Um, it's just, you know, he, he, and that literally, if you just switch those up, it is literally Father Christmas or Father Yule. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that has kind of stuck with him because, you know, not only was he the god of war, but he was also the god of poetry and gift giving and, uh, a myriad of, like I mean he was kind of the the handsomeness ha- handsomeness need be. I mean more, more so his son balder but of course you know oh. apples and trees and all that so
0: <laughs> it took me a second I was like apples and trees <laughs> actually what you just did is made me uh, thirsty for some apple mead Ooh. so I'm gonna take a quick second and go uh, order an apple mead sounds good you actually, need a refill too
1: yeah I need a refill too sweet
0: I'll take an apple mead as well actually yeah all right All right, our glasses are nice. Oh, good pour there. <laughs> glasses are full of mead. I got some apple because you. Uh, what did you say about apple that got me? Apple thirsty and tree for apple?
1: because you were talking about he was the god of handsomeness, oh. and that's that's more about the uh, his son Balder, who is the kind of the god of beauty and vainness and you know stuff like that. And we can actually talk about him here in a little bit later because he also sort of ties uh, into Yule and Christmas and things like that. Um, but that having been said, because you know he is the son of Odin, or the son of Odin, uh, Odin is the All Father, and therefore also Father Yule, or the Yule Father, um, and is you know basically the rendition of Father Christmas before Christmas was Christmas when it was still called Yule. Um, And it was, you know, during the great hunt that he would get his retinue together and go about and dealing, you know, justice to evildoers and giving the gifts of uh, good peoples and such. Uh, And it's actually another little tie-in is uh, Scandinavian children during that time and even in some parts today are told to leave hay and carrots uh, out of the uh, I, 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 in their boots for- oh, you've got a card I right got there. got a card, okay. we're hitting them all. Yeah. I love it. Um, but yeah, the, you, you leave hay and carrots for Sleipnir in your boots. And in return, <laughs> Sleipnir and uh, Odin will leave you presents in your boots. And this is basically the origin of the stocking near the fireplace.
0: Nice. Now, when you say Sleipnir leaves you a present in your boot, that's not the same as, like, my dog used to leave me presents in my shoes. No, 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 no. no.
1: It's a completely different <laughs> type of apple.
0: <laughs> nice. Yeah. Um, nice. So yeah, you hit that. The treats by the fireplace. What was it that that we should leave for uh, Sleipnir and uh, Odin? Uh,
1: hay and carrots. Hay and carrots. Uh, there's not really a lot of mentioning of like leaving things for Odin, like mm. in the case of like. You know, cookies we now leave out for Santa and such. But I would imagine he wouldn't turn down, you know, a glass of mead or you know, <laughs> some biscuits or something like that to to ease him on his journey.
0: Yeah, and all the kids—well, shouldn't be kids necessarily listening to this—but if you're in the back seat listening and your parents are, uh, I bet you Santa Claus would appreciate a glass of mead instead of milk as well. Oh yeah, <laughs> he's oh, working for hard. He sure. wants some mead. Yes, that is for sure. Um,
1: And, of course, it it brings back to that idea of Scandinavian hospitality. You know, hospitality was very uh, important to the Vikings and to the Scandinavians during that time period, and even is still to some uh, extent today of just anywhere, is to be a good host. Even if you're asleep when they, you know, when they stop by. So leave milk and cookies or, you know, mead and biscuits. Um, and then some, uh, some hay and some carrots for, for the horse and for his lightning. Nice.
0: Awesome, awesome. You know, uh, Clint, one of our mead singers, uh at our last meeting, had said something about leaving hay in your stockings, and it was before I had done any research for this. And so I was, I was thinking, what the hell is he talking about putting hay in your stockings? But now it makes sense. Yep. Uh, we do have quite a few very... Um, very Norse, Scandinavian culture educated slingers here mm-hmm. at, at the Mead Hall, so if you come in um, feel free to you know, pick their brains, pick their ears oh, yeah. uh, like you said before we got on this podcast, you're like I'm stoked to talk about this kind of stuff and I know you <laughs> always are, and, and I know we've got other people, like I mentioned Clint and, and I think Peter's pretty, pretty up on it as well I, mean, I think just working here even if it is just via
1: osmosis you do end <laughs> up just kind of retaining some knowledge at some point so. as a
0: biology teacher, I uh, resent that <laughs> cool well um apple oh should have had it warmed up mm. um yeah if you are here in the fall or winter uh we have two cocktails on all the time here they they change they rotate every other thursday and for the winter we are going to keep one cocktail always warm or i'll say hot i mean
1: yeah, i mean we 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 you know warm it up enough you know so that it's not like not burning off the alcohol or anything <laughs> yeah. so
0: yeah i don't want to do that <laughs> So, all right, next card. You ready? Sure. There we go. Uh, du- 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 or spin the wheel. And uh, oh, this is a good one. El- well, they're all good, but elves, elves. Uh, or yes. Odin's men. So,
1: most of the, the in pop culture today, when we think of Santa's elves, um, we think of these short, little, tiny things with spiral boots and <laughs> pointy hats and everything else. And. Yeah, I mean, that's okay. There's some versions of elves that are kind of like that, but that's actually more akin to, like, gnomes and fairies and maybe even trolls and dwarves as well. Uh, Because, you know, elves are very much more, in the mythologies, are much more akin to, uh, like, Tolkien's elves, where they're very tall and fair and, you Hmm. know, somber and immortal and all these other things. Not Not these little toy makers, so to speak. Uh, <laughs> no, what, what
0: was the what was the one that wanted to be a dentist?
1: Oh. Hermie? Yeah, her, I think, I think her, Hermie. Herman?
0: Herman? I can't remember. I've not
1: seen that in so, yeah. so many years. Sorry,
0: I distract you from the start of a great story. No, no, that's so, fine. So we're looking, we're thinking more... Um, Towards, yeah, like you said, the tall and beautiful Correct. and more right. human-like And, and elves. they
1: all generally uh, resided, at least like kind of, I guess you could say the high elves or the light elves, all resided in what's called Elfheim, which literally means elf home or home of the elves. Um, and while that uh, while that realm was given to the god Frere for him to, be, to have lordship over, uh, there was still a lot of great alliances between Odin and the elves. Uh, and it, you know, it, both uh, elves as well as um, elves as well as uh, obviously dwarves and stuff, which is maybe a little bit closer to what we think of as like the really short, yeah. you know, funny clothing, you know,
0: sort of <laughs> toy Do makers. Do they wear funny clothing? Uh, I mean, you know, I always feel like they drab like these like possibly Dusty, They live in mountains, well, kind of thing. We can imagine that they
1: probably wore the same kind of colors that they did last time, and or that they that they, they did, uh, you know, back back then in like historical times. And as we learned from the last episode on Viking hygiene, uh, these people actually loved vibrant colors. True. And a lot of yeah. times, Christmas colors, red, green, and gold, and things like that, are very festive in our eyes. But that was just kind of the colors that were in demand back then. That was just the colors that they really liked because, yeah. you know, I mean, life is boring and short, so you <laughs> might as well spruce it up with some color, you know?
0: Yeah, and to be able to afford the dye that would make that color, you exactly. so know, we didn't have these synthetic kind of things. So huge kind of status symbol to go yeah. along with that. So um, so the elves were, um, you know, we, we, we always hear them, at least in modern culture, uh, called you know santa's elves, mm-hmm. and I thought that was interesting because what I read is the these elves were called odin's men, correct, and so it's kind of is that is that on... like yeah, yeah. A, they, they were
1: they were odin's men they were they, i mean they were kind of. I mean, I guess in wartime, they could be a mercenary. Even though the realm of Alfheim was gifted to or in lordship, the elves still had uh, alliances with Odin and such. And the elves, as well as the dwarves, which, depending on which version you, uh, you, you want to believe or want to cite, um, dwarves and black elves or dark elves were kind of one and the same creature and such. Uh, but both of these beings were kind of they they were very good at magic, but particularly in runic magic, as well as crafting. Of course, the dwarves are very, even today, are very known with crafting and smithing, uh, and also really good at crafting gifts as well, yeah. because they, I mean, it, it was the dwarves who crafted Mjolnir, Thor's hammer, uh, Gungir, which is Odin's spear, uh, the Sword of Frere, uh, the Boat of Frere, the, the, uh, the all the different weapons and all the different gifts given to the gods, were all created by dwarves or dark elves or whatever you want to call them. And these were all, again, considered Odin's men because they were, you know, giving gifts to these gods, but could also be called upon, uh, they could be called upon in times of need, particularly in the Great Hunt. You know, there's a lot of times where, you know, you'll talk about, oh, well, watch out for the trolls during Christmas time or during, you know, Yuletide. Uh, but also look look out for the elves. Maybe they'll give you a wish. Maybe they'll you know. There's lots of more whimsical things behind Yule and even like pre-Christmas Christmas than we we kind of realize today.
0: Yeah, this is it's just crazy. All these little tie-ins um, of how these Christmas stories and I mean Santa having elves that create gifts is just straight up Odin's elves creating gifts. Yep. Um,
1: And Odin is called the gift giver, you know? That's what he does in the Wild Hunt. You know, he's hunting the the evil but he's going around giving gifts to people making sure that they're prosperous for the next spring uh, and it is sort of this sign of you know yeah it's winter in an agrarian society which is just miserable so all you can do is hibernate <laughs> and stay in, indoors but be merry I have mead I have you know gifts oh, I have gold huh. I have con- conquest I have these things for you to make the winter nights just a, a little bit more a little bit more bearable so to speak
0: so what a guy what a guy, that's awesome. And I'm not just talking about Marcus walking by here. Uh, no, Odin, keeping us going in the winter, keeping those, those Norsemen, because uh, mm-hmm. a lot of that area is either like, you know, close to the Arctic Circle or yep. maybe above it. Actually, I'm gonna segue that. Yep, There's a
1: large part of Scandinavia, which is, you know, past the Arctic Circle.
0: And so okay. I'm gonna throw the card down of the North North Pole,
1: Pole. okay. So generally today, you know, colloquially, in, in pop culture, Santa Claus is in the North Pole, on the top of the world. Kind of makes sense. It's a little bit more advantageous to, to, to be able to go around the world in a single night. Um, a little bit more than, you know, other places. Uh, but as I was saying earlier, uh, North Pole, the, the uh, Santa's being at the North Pole is a little bit more of an America, a modern Americanization. Uh, because... I don't know, maybe we have a problem with saying that he lives in Canada. Um, (laughs) It's also a little bit more universal in some senses because, you know, we all know where the North Pole is. It's way up there. But uh, again, of course, as Santa became more of a thing in the Victorian era, as I was saying before, uh, they didn't think that he was in the, the North Pole. And even to this day, a lot of Brits still say, no, he's not in the North Pole. He's in Lapland. Really? Yep. He's considered a a Laplander. He's all the way up in, like, Finland and northern Sweden and such, where the Sami people are. And, of course, again, that's where the reindeer idea uh, came from as well. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's, you know, where they were in most of, you know, the development of... Uh, Santa Claus especially to the British okay. uh, and again even today the British still consider him to be in Lapland not in the North Pole yeah uh, some people are starting to move more towards you know North Pole one because it's more universal to everywhere around yeah. the world uh, but also because again the term or Laplander, Laplander has become somewhat derogatory in some circles because okay. you, it, it, you, you are kind of referring to the Sami not to the Laplanders
2: mm.
0: Okay, yeah, so, but either way, so, mm-hmm. yeah, they we're talking about, oh my gosh, <laughs> I was trying to organize my cards up. um, either way, we're talking about, yeah, this, this kind of idea of North, right, and that's the Norse, right. and that's, you know, the, they, they
1: were called the Northmen, you yeah, know, that's yeah. exactly who they were, the Norsemen, the Northmen, that's what that culture was, you know, Yep. And North is, you know, even today, if you really want to get into, like, modern spirituality, is still kind of the cardinal direction that modern pagans and heathens will, you know, attribute to in, you know, their—if they're calling to the old northern gods and such. It's a very—it's a very important uh, thing for them because, you know, in the mythology, uh, Odin lives in Asgard, which is across the, the Bifrost Bridge, which is a flaming rainbow bridge, uh, that leads from Midgard, our realm, to Asgard, the land of the gods.
0: That is a scary-sounding bridge. It is I mean, s- rainbow, it's like all oh, cute, but you just said, f- like, it's on fire?
1: It, like, it's a flaming rainbow. Holy like, it, cow. And, and we, th- we can't even think of a rainbow being on fire, except we can maybe think about a fiery rainbow. If you go far enough north, you find the Northern Lights, which look like Hmm. flames in the sky in those hues of green and, you know, a little bit of red and purple and all these different things, giving Ah. it that rainbow look. Hmm. And some people speculate that that's where Bifrost came from, was from the the Northern Lights. The more north you went, the closer you you were to Asgard. Just follow the Northern Lights.
0: Ah. Oh my gosh. You sit down at a table with Halbjorn and your brain uh, gets a little little cooler, a little more awesome. That is sick. Sweet. All right, I'm throwing another card. Alrighty. I'm ready to keep this keep this uh, party rolling. Uh, oh, trees. Trees. Okay. Very. <laughs> That's very general, but I no, think no. you know what I'm uh, what, saying. Right? So it's, you
1: know, for Christmas time the and for the secret word
0: is Trees. Mm.
1: Sorry. No, no (laughs) worries. Well, so for Christmas and for the holiday season, uh, a lot of the time, we are, you know, we we decorate trees with ornaments and, you know, sometimes, you know, candles or nowadays it's electric lights and such. Um, But that is a direct, you know... Tradition that was taken from Northern Europe even before the Christianization what? of Europe. Right? <laughs> well, it actually it even says in the Bible that decorating trees are, like, forbidden. You're not allowed to do it. It's one of those things like getting tattoos. Oh, really? It really does say that. I, d- I can't remember if it was Leviticus or something like that. Uh, wow. But huh. it was saying that, you know, decorating trees was actually prohibited. So it's not really a Christmas Christian thing. It's huh. just one of those things that was borrowed as uh, as um, Europe converted to Christianity. Christianity, they said, okay, well, you can keep that part as long as you switch it out for our guy. Yeah, Um, (laughs) right on. um, But it was, but the the decorating of trees, they would, it was kind of an offering to the spirits. You know, nowadays we chop down the trees and we, you know, bring them in and such. And there's some speculation on whether or not they would chop down the trees and bring it in with them, or if they would just have a single tree near the village that would be the Yule tree um, and, and they would decorate it and they were basically offering. The spirits, their gold and their things, and they were dressing it up and making it look really pretty. Uh, although putting candles and fire and other things on there didn't really show up necessarily until like the 19th century. Uh, so we don't know whether it got lit up like on the tree itself, but they probably had fire pits around it to make the gold glimmer and to make the, you know, they would also carve little wooden statues as ornaments and put them in the tree because it was an offering to the gods to say, hey, look at us, we're taking trying to get your, you know, your, your. Uh, uh, we're, we're trying to get your attention and please give us gifts and give us a good, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, uh, please bring back the sun. So they, <laughs> would,
0: they would, like ornaments, like straight yeah. up ornaments, just like Pretty we much. do. Like we're like, I'm going to put uh, Winnie the Pooh on there. But <laughs> instead they were like, I'm going to put one of Freya because right.
1: it, it, it was a, obviously a much more spiritual and religious, <laughs> religiously significant thing. than Winnie
0: the Pooh, you don't know me. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Yeah, that's yeah. that's cool, and so I, I would, I think I would go along. I know nothing, but I would go along with more the fact of them not chopping them down and bringing them inside. Right. Just because I feel like they're more practical than we are. As you know, when you Americanize our holidays, we're like we're gonna take a tree and bring it inside. Right. Well, but there
1: is one other. Tradition that might tie into just bringing a giant log inside your Ah, home. Uh, Are you going to look for the card on there? I got the card. I got the card. Well,
0: I think I do. I think you're talking about a Yule log. Correct.
1: Yep. And even today, the Yule log. I mean, obviously, it's a lot smaller nowadays. When it's observed in Britain, that they'll take one log that is supposed to burn throughout the entire night and put it in their fireplace. Uh, but the whole point of the Yule Log in the Viking Scandinavian times were to go out go out into the forest, find the biggest log that you can find, get, you know, ten men to drag it back, and then you <laughs> make one giant, you know, fire pit in the, whether it's in the Mead Hall, or whether it's in, you know, the, the Longhouse, or even if it's just out in the open, you know, in the village square, I guess you could call it, yeah, yeah. Um, and just burn that log, and the idea is that that log is supposed to burn all night long for Yule, nice. which is the shortest day of the, uh, of the year. Ah,
0: which we call now the Winter Solstice.
1: Correct. And, and basically, I mean, y- you know, Yule and Saturnalia and even, of course, then Christmas is just a leftover of what we have today that is just celebrating the sun coming back. It's it's mm. celebrating the solstice more or less. As with many agrarian societies that develop these spiritual beliefs, they kind of are tied to the stars and tied to the weather and oh, tied, tied to everything else. So
0: yeah, they didn't know. have other things to really. I mean, it was important. It was important to know when you know they didn't have the weather station or apps or anything right. like that. And so um, yeah, they needed to really um, develop those ideas and thoughts.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, exactly, exactly. Oh, uh, well, and the other part of it too is you—you you can look at it in their idea of uh, you know the afterlife, and you can look at it in their idea of what was going to be the apocalypse. You know, to them, there was Thimble Winter, which was supposed to be the long winter. Thimble. Oh, with an F. Yep, with an F. Winter, which was supposed to be the long winter where there was no spring, no crops, no nothing. And that was the start of the end of the world of Uh, of Ragnarok. Of Ragnarok. And and that was their idea, was that it was just going to be an eternal winter without the return of the sun, without the return of spring and summer. Um, And even, you know, again, in the afterlife. We think of Christmas and we think, you know, roaring fires, bright lights, things like that. Well, this is all the idea of, you know, all the ideas of Valhalla. You know, back Mm. then their idea of heaven for certain people was to be in this large roaring mead hall with, you know, Fires yeah. and meat and wenches and food and, and the food
0: from that one, isn't it from one guy that would the cook that would always yep. cook every yep. single he, meal. Yep. He, was the, he was the cook of the, the gods. The pig would always come back to life after sure he like slaughtered. And there's it. Oh, lots of crazy. animals we'll like that. that. Some other yeah, time, there, but.
1: There's lots of animals like that, such as uh, like uh, Thor's goats. You could kill and eat, and then think, you could bring them back to life the yeah. next day. Ugh. Um, oh. But you this, these roaring fires, which is very kind of Christmassy, and these, you know, it was a very warm place. And then the opposite was hell. It was winter, it was cold, it was, you know, absolute eternal stagnation and boredom. Uh, <laughs> so basically, Norway. Um,
0: (laughs) without snowboards
1: without snowboards (laughs) Um, but like yeah to them it was you know being in the best spot was roaring fires and to be warm and to have bright lights and such whereas to them hell or the end of the world was winter the the death of the sun and Mm. so celebrating the
0: sun coming back is what Yule was all about awesome and I mean this is still a thing that people you know celebrate observe all that Um, you know, I I didn't really even know about it as a, as this kind of, um, god, man, I'm bumbling over my words here. But, um, I didn't know about Yule until working here at the Mead Hall, or at the Meadery at Mm -hmm. Drinking Horn, and you guys talked about actually getting together to celebrate Yule, Mm -hmm. and I was like, wait, like, you guys, like, it's still a running kind of thing.
1: It's still, I mean...
0: Obviously, there's a lot
1: of revivalism that comes along with it. You know, I mean, a lot of the you know the, the Norse pagan sort of religion or the Norse pagan spirituality isn't something that's been consistent for the past you know few thousand years. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, you know, in, in the 1800s, you had the, uh, a one Viking revival, which is where uh, Wagner came from with the op with his op- with the, the German operas and such. Oh man! Uh, and it's actually even during that time that there's a runestone that was erected in Oklahoma. During during that time period, during Whoa.
0: the 1800s. Wait a second. Okay, I'm from Oklahoma. Uh-huh. I'm going there here in about a week.
1: There's a rune stone erected in the 1800s in in Oklahoma.
0: All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna look that up. Just jotting in my little notes here. So, um, actually, I'll remember that. <laughs> um, I'll remind you later. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so Yule, this this um, kind of celebration or. or yeah, I guess you call a celebration well, in the middle of a, of a rough time, but like saying, let's all get together, let's enjoy each other's company, and let's pick up the spirits together. Right. I mean, that sounds like what we still do. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, a lot of it is left over. That's why we get together with friends and family and be, you know, I mean, I guess it's the second Thanksgiving where it's like we're all <laughs> together and we're thankful for what we have and our family and um, for our, our, you know, for everything else that we get together with our family and our animals and our pets and our livestock and everything. And, well, I mean, back then, (laughs) back then, back then they actually would bring the cows and the goats into the house with them. Uh, They more or less, for Yuletide, they, they more or less did actually hibernate. They would just spend most of their time
0: indoors keeping warm and drinking mead. Yeah, I think that is, it's almost, and it's still ingrained as humans. I actually used to talk about that as a biology teacher, not about specifically, you know, like sleeping with your goats in the wintertime and hibernating. Um, but uh, the uh, the idea of our of our bodies um, being very akin with with the the less sunlight mm-hmm. and you know the colder temperatures and that we really if we did it with our bodies like we would work a lot in the summertime and then we would take that time off in the right. wintertime. Obviously now we have climate control. We've got all these heaters. We've got modernizations exactly. and all that stuff. But, but in
1: an agrarian society, I mean, there's really nothing to do in the winter. You can't go out and yeah. farm. Everything's already been har- harvested in Halfaxi. It's in, in the other uh, Viking holiday. Uh, But everything's been harvested. And the only thing that really does kind of occur towards, towards, like, the beginning of winter is a hunt. You know, is to go out. Like, we've already got the livestock. We've already got the harvest. So might as well go and try to find a a deer or a boar or something that we can have for a feast tonight. Yeah. Before we shut ourselves in Mm. and just eat nothing but, you know, biscuits and mead
0: and everything else. So, yeah yeah and you would um, I think is it called house plot that you would um, yep. sat you would basically like you said, pull in all the animals you could, but everything left over you'd, you'd slaughter yep. and so that will potentially run out, I would think and so sometime during the winter, yeah, you have to go out and do that mm-hmm. hunt so, exactly yeah. Cool. Well, Yule is definitely a celebration of getting together. It oh, seems sure. like um, I'm going to throw another and, card out. And again, out.
1: that goes even today. You know, it's about yeah. getting together with your family and your friends and loved ones and just enjoying enjoying the dark winter.
0: Yeah, winter can be a lot better with with uh, with friends and family around. Although and mead, and mead absolutely. Although it is also saying um, there's no friends on a powder day. And so if no one wants to go up on the that's, mountain, you're still doing it.
1: So. Well, that, that, that could probably apply to the Scandinavians and to the Vikings, too, because they did invent skiing.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, yep. I've heard that. Yep. We should talk about that at some point this winter. Sounds good. Mm-hmm. All right, here comes a card. you ready for All another right. card? I, got, I have one, two, three, five, four, four cards left. Okay. Um, doesn't mean the conversation has in there, but I am pulling out... Oh, caroling. caroling I don't know if you okay. know it. Do you know about the I do, the caroling? I do. Of uh, course well, you do. It, I, mean, what it, am I so, asking?
1: Actually, so, I mean, we were talking earlier about how... You know how almost every Viking holiday seems to be just another Halloween. Um, <laughs> yeah. So caroling is kind of one of those things they're like, there is a great you know tradition of going from house to house. Uh, in the case of Halloween, or if you want to call it uh, winter nights, or if you want to call it uh, Samhain, Samhain, or Sa- mm. Samhain or whatever yeah, else yeah, yeah, for, yeah. The, the, for the, the of, yeah, mm-hmm. for the Irish yeah, for the Irish, yep. Uh, for the Wiccans and Irish and Druid and such. Uh, But the idea between that was to scare away all the, you know, spirits with your masks and such and then, you know, go caroling and then, well, not caroling, but you scare away those things. Same thing with caroling in Christmas and Yuletide. Uh, You actually would have people who would dress up in masks like gods or spirits or whatever else, and they would go to sing these songs to lift your spirits, to make sure that you're doing okay in this winter. Really? Mm -hmm. Now, granted, the songs were maybe not as maybe not as merry, you know, maybe a little bit more <laughs> of a, a spiritual or religious significance rather than, you know, oh, it's the holiday season. We got to go caroling. Um, but, it, but that is, you know, still even tied in today where we talk about, you know, now bring us some figgy pudding and they would actually bring like trick-or-treating they would actually bring out food for the carolers and would actually you know be like oh thank you so much for lifting our spirits thank you so much for the the good song here's some figgy pudding and here's some bread and here's some stuff to go on your journey so you can brighten the spirits of yet yet another uh house which again ties into the whole hospitality thing
0: yeah yeah taking care of each other nice well that's cool that's actually even more than i had even even looked at i have always wanted to go caroling
1: and then get to, uh, what song is it where they talk about figgy pudding again, it's
0: uh, I want me some figgy pudding
1: I've always wanted to get to that part in the song with all the carolers and then continue singing that line verbatim for quite a few minutes and just keep singing that line over and over again and repeating it until they came back with some figgy pudding.
0: (laughs) Just don't leave. Just don't leave. It could be days. Yep, it could be (laughs) days. Because I don't even know where the hell you're going to find figgy pudding. I'd go buy some figs. I'd buy some uh, Jell-O chocolate pudding. I'd I'd put put it in your... I'd put it... mm -hmm. I'd have the pudding face towards you. I'd take the figs. I'd slam them in there and I'd be like, go away. (laughs) Uh, You know, I I, I
1: think fig newtons. I think fig newtons would be... Well, because pudding, again, is not like what we think of like it's the sort of gelatinous oh, thing. Pudding like was also, pudding. right, bread pudding, mm-hmm. or it was even like, more like a pastry, so it could have been just a big Fig Newton. Okay, uh, well, remember <laughs> that, if you ever
0: come to my house, I'm gonna have, I don't care how stale they get, I'm gonna have a Ziploc bag in the corner fig, of my of kitchen fig of Fig Newtons, so I can throw them at you and say, nice try, yeah, buddy. You could
1: imagine just like, all these carolers now, bring us some figgy pudding, now bring us some figgy pudding. And just give them bring Fig them Newtons. Right here. Hey,
0: everybody out there right now, before yes. carolers, if, carolers come to your door i don't know if I i've ever think had that, that there
1: are some cities that are obviously cracking down on oh, caroling oh, right now
0: for sure yeah From, you're, right, right. you're not allowed uh, to right. sing this year and
1: such <laughs> i mean caroling still happens and we still have that even here in flagstaff every year we've had certain carolers um and even uh you know this time uh, we even had like the, the luminaries uh yes. that is just all around here and they'll still sing you know christmas carols and things like that so maybe just driving in your car and having having the the carolers uh, oh, stand yeah, yeah, still yeah. would be a little bit better a little bit more socially distancing than uh than them coming from house to house so. yeah
0: yeah uh yeah here in town in flagstaff we have the luminarias that uh are set out and um, we're gonna be part of that walk and if you're listening to this right now i'll tell you if you, I forget what night it is, but if you come to downtown Flagstaff uh, during the Luminarias and you come into the Mead Hall and you say you're part of the walk, the Luminaria walk, you'll get a wooden nickel. Very good. Sweet, sweet. Alright, ready for another card? Sure thing. Alright, here we go. We're down to three more. Uh, oh, wreaths. Wreaths, okay. <laughs> this was something I learned today that was kind of crazy. Um, I, so, I, this might be the one that you stumped me on because... Ooh. Well, so
1: wreaths in general, like wreaths specifically? Maybe I don't necessarily know, but I do know when it comes to, like, decorations, like, things like mistletoe and things like, you know, having the berries and all these things are what they're signifying and what they're supposed to be. Let's go with that, yeah. So, so I guess, obviously, you're putting a lot of, like, berries and different things on there, uh, especially on Christmas trees and on wreaths to sort of... Say you know, oh, you know, here's to a, a grand harvest this next year when the sun comes back. <laughs> yeah. It's supposed to be this this sign of uh, of returning and of fertility that you know you can still see even though it's the dead of winter ah, gotcha. to lift people's spirits. Mm. Uh, but specifically, mistletoe uh, is kind of a thing with Christmas and with Yule uh, because of. Uh, Baldr, who we were talking about previously the son of Odin, the the, the very the pretty handsome the, the one. handsome one um, <laughs> it has to do with him because mistletoe is the only thing that can kill him and all oh. of you God of War fans out there know exactly what I'm talking about you have to get certain arrows or something like that made out of mistletoe, but for mm. those of you who don't know uh, mistletoe uh, is the only thing that said that didn't say rather that they wouldn't harm Baldr uh, oh. His mother, Frigga, or Frigg, uh, you know, made every single entity on all the Nine Realms swear that they would never harm Baldr and that they would never kill him. Uh, and the only one that didn't say, yeah, sure, was Mistletoe. And, you know, Frigg just kind of said, okay, well, you're just Mistletoe. That's, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but it was the start of Ragnarok, the end of the world, that Loki tricked the, uh, the god uh, Hodor, uh, or actually, like one anglicized name is Hodar. Uh, Hodar, The name Hodar comes from Hodar or Hodar, which was the blind god. Uh, he tricked Hodar into throwing a, you know, a stick or a spear made, or an arrow, or or launching an arrow. Something sharp? Right, something sharp, made out of mistletoe at Baldur, which killed him. Holder was uh, punished, but everybody kind of figured that, yeah, it was Loki who kind of tricked him. Of course. Yeah, definitely. There's a, (laughs) I mean, all the problems are both created and solved by Loki in the Norse pantheon.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Oh, Uh, he he solves some
1: stuff too? Most of the time. Yeah, most of the time he has to dig himself out of his own hole. but uh, it's in this particular instance that this, you know, mistletoe might become sort of a, a symbol of death, you know, because it is the end of the world and it's the one thing that can kill Balder. Mm. Uh, but the whole point of the Ragnarok story, and even the whole point of the Great Hunt and the Yule story, is that there is always a rebirth. Uh, Balder will reincarnate. He will become the new head of the god. He'll take Odin's place after Ragnarok. Um, and it is even the berries on the mistletoe that kind of show that. Mistletoe, more or less, is a parasite. It's a really horrible... Oh, it is. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, here we don't have as pretty a mistletoe in Arizona. We've got that <laughs> desert mistletoe, which just looks like witch hair. Uh, it's, it's, it's okay.
0: I like it. Uh, I mean, <laughs> no. it.
1: It's fine. It's not as pretty with the berries and everything, though, like, you know, the classic mistletoe. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it is this—you know—it's kind of a sign of death and decay and such. But with the berries, it's also a sign of life and reju- rejuvenation, which is tied in with Balder, which is tied in with you know Ragnarok and the. Death and rebirth of all things in the Norse pantheon and the Norse mythology—it's um, just you know, mistletoe is kind of that important thing. And of course, it is also a symbol of love and rebirth in that sense. And that's why you know they typically say to kiss under the mistletoe for good luck.
0: Mm, right on. Well, I don't know if I want to get too close to mistletoe anymore. I, I do know of the desert mistletoes. There's two types, and one of them—one uh, of them—the berries are pretty toxic. Yeah. Uh, the other one or not but um nice awesome so wreaths so i guess i get to kind yeah, of talk about sure. wreaths Go ahead. Here. i mean and I, I i probably know kind of where where it's at a little yeah. bit so so uh, maybe this is just something i read that's that's yeah. off uh definitely could be but i read that they would create these wreaths these they would take basically the boughs of the evergreen tree and they would light them on fire and roll them down a hill hmm and it was there was something about the circle and the flame of the sun returning like you had Mm -hmm. talked about Yule was a celebration of the return of the sun and so there's some kind of I don't know if it was a game or like they would do it as a a symbol at the end of the night or something like that but they would light the wreath on fire okay the way you're looking at me and you know so much I'm going to say I found a faulty source no 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 that sounds
1: (laughs) that sounds perfectly reasonable for what they would do they they used to set a lot of crap on fire out back then (laughs) so like that does not surprise me in the slightest so
0: yeah well some of the people out there, um, if you're listening and you know anything about setting wreaths on fire and rolling them down hills, at least in sense of Yule, uh, let us know. <laughs> well, and I had thought that wreaths kind
1: of started at like were almost like an evil eye. To, like the reason why we hang them on the doors is to act as something to ward off spirits or to act like as a fairy circle that you would see in like Druid and and Celtic mythology and such. Huh. Uh, that's only speculation though. I haven't read anything. Hey, along we can those speculate. Lines, so
0: yeah, so sure. Nice, cool. All right, next card coming up. We got two more left, and Ooh, we're, uh, oh, the time of year. So we've, we've kind of talked about this. Yeah. I think we've actually covered that already I mean, well. it's the
1: solstice. It's, you know, it's now the shortest day, of the, on the 21st of December is, the, or 22nd, depending. Depending uh, on the Earth's wobble. Right. Uh, is generally the short time of year. Uh, although it is that time of year that is also important, too, because Yule is not just like one day. Yeah. It's it's a time period. That's it's. There's a reason why it's called Yule Tide. Uh, it's this you know time period of strangely enough, 12 days, which is where we get 12 days of Christmas. Mm-hmm. Um, it's 12 days where, you know, kind of starting at around the 21st, 22nd, that is the slowest, or that is the the shor- uh, shortest day of sunlight uh, on the planet, or in the northern hemisphere, rather. Yeah. Um, uh, for that time period, and it's, again, you know, we can imagine ag- uh, agrarian, but even Cro-Magnon and like pre-agrarian societies and, and civilizations and, uh, well, not civilizations, but, like, peoples and cultures, like, looking at, oh, wait, the, the, the days are getting shorter. Does that mean the sun is going away? What's going on? You know, when people started paying attention. But then when they the sun would eventually come back, it was cause for celebration. And yep. that's kind of what Yule and Christmas originated as, was just the return of the sun.
0: Yeah. Yeah, makes sense. Time of year is right there, for sure. And then, um, last but not least... This is a funny one to end on. Okay. I mean... <laughs> so, body shape. Okay, yeah. Between Odin, between and, Odin Santa and Santa. And and the changes we saw in Santa yeah. in, in Santa so, Christmas. <laughs> obviously,
1: the fat jolly man who can somehow fit into a chimney um, <laughs> kind of did come with sort of the perception uh, that was given to him in the Victorian era era, uh, because to them fat and jolly were synonymous and it was, you know, he was supposed to be a more innocent sort of figure, so to speak. Uh, but of course, it was also amped up even more by Coca-Cola and yeah. made him fat and jolly and all these things and also painted him red a long t- you know, along with other things. Um, but even, so, but really, Odin or even Santa Claus before Coca-Cola and before the Victorian era was supposed to be tall and lanky and, you know, kind of thinner and not wearing red. Usually, like a blue hood or a blue wide brimmed hat. Yeah. Uh, and of course, like a Gandalf. Even uh, in in Lord of the Rings, is kind of a borrowing of the idea of Odin. He's mm. this wanderer that goes away, and you know he, he his favorite disguise was usually a you know kind of a wizard, a guy in a wide brimmed hat or a, a blue hood with one eye and a, and a staff, which would you know conceal his spear. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, and he you know, but he was generally known as like very just tall and lanky, not so much fat. And I think we can owe that to sort of the commercialization of Santa and the commercialization of, uh, uh, of you know, Christmas as we know it as him being more, more jolly, so to speak. Yeah. So, yeah. So, that's not to say that, like, the Scandinavians back then and even today are a little bit more portly, you know. It's, you know, it, it's a so winter the body.
0: Right, exactly. Yeah. For sure, yeah. I just, I had brought that up because mm-hmm. of the the change specifically that, that Father Christmas, you know, the return to Santa Claus before, was more de- was depicted very very much mm-hmm. like Odin was depicted in in paintings yep. and drawings. Well,
1: and like he, uh, I mean the red color is still there, uh, and that's a part of their culture. Not so much Coca Cola, uh, but the Dutch uh, to this day still have Sinterklaas, uh, which is their Santa Claus, mm-hmm. and he has kind of a a pope hat and a, a kind of a more regal Catholic look to him. Mm-hmm. But he's skinny. You know, he's got red, he's got a big white beard, but he's skinny. He's not, you know, fat Santa Claus that we know of today. Hmm. Um, and there's lots, of, uh, and, you know, Sinterklaas is yet another one of those, you know, tie-ins that, at, you know, in the addition of Odin and St. Nicholas and stuff like that, kind of came to the con- conglomeration of um, of what we know of as Santa today.
0: Cool. Awesome. Well, I think, I mean, we got cards out in front of us and we talked about a lot of coincidal Mm -hmm. kind of data and ideas and thoughts and stories uh, to tie in this time of year um, and you know, throughout this, uh, I don't feel like we're saying, like, one is bad, one is good. Yeah. It's just really, really interesting, and I think people listening will will really find it interesting too, all these uh, tie-ins between Odin and Yule and, mm-hmm. and Christmas, and, and so maybe it's just a little yeah. something to kind of appreciate it more. We are in
1: no way, you know, disregarding, you know, the importance of, like, Saint Nicholas and Kris Kringle and True. all these other different things, because that adds to our now modern interpretation. You know, we're not saying that Odin is the only Santa, it's like, no, <laughs> I mean, Santa is now, in conglomeration of so many cultures and religions and backgrounds and ideas of you know, because again, you had Odin, which is what we talked about today. But again, you had Santa Claus with the Dutch. Uh, you have you know Santa Claus or, or Saint Nicholas, who was. The, the patron saint of gift giving, very much like Odin was the god of gift giving. Mm-hmm. Um, he was also the uh, the god uh, or the 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 saint of children and orphans and yeah. prostitutes. Strangely enough, really, he, he was actually the sa- uh, the patron saint of prostitutes. Wow. Hey,
0: yep. They need one or too. Or one
1: of them anyway. So. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and it's all it all ties in to basically coming together, taking care of each mm-hmm. other. Yep. That hospitality that you brought up multiple times. And just, you know, enjoying each other's company, which is, you know, hard this year. Uh, It's 2020 when we're recording this. And Mm so uh, people's celebrations and people's togetherness may look a lot different. Um, But, yeah, hopefully we gave you some some thoughts and some ideas. You don't have to
1: burn a whole Yule log. You can light a candle on the 21st and let (laughs) it burn through the night as long as you don't, you know, set your place on fire. Yeah. Uh, You know.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah. Look into it. Uh, maybe it's something you can add. Some traditions you can add. Maybe you're already doing it, but um, I have immensely enjoyed sitting here and listening and uh, and getting educated uh, once again by by you, Hall, bjorn and your knowledge of these Norse culture things. Um, hopefully, everyone out, I know everyone out there listening enjoyed oh, this sure. episode, uh, especially timely. Um, I don't care if you're listening to this in December or July, um,
1: <laughs> Christmas in July, yeah.
0: Christmas in July, yeah. And actually, uh, uh, um. Wasn't the
1: the Christmas song, or like, I can't remember which Christmas song, but it was written in like June or in summer or something oh, really? like that yeah. when it was published and such. Yeah, huh. I, I can't remember which song it was, but it was, you know, published and uh, produced in the summer, huh. uh, just because this guy had an idea for a
0: Christmas song. Huh. Well, we'll play it in the background. The people will be listening to it right now. We'll find um, out about it. Yeah. yeah.
2: yeah <laughs>
0: sure. All right. Well, my glass is empty. I'm gonna get one more me before the night's so Thank you so much, on for. Uh, Telling us all about Yule and Just Odin and Santa Claus and all that stuff. So sounds good. Awesome. Let's cheers these last this last tiny drop. Go. Little
2: tiny Jack drops Ross of at it's your skull. Yule carols being sung by a choir and folks dressed up like Eskimos. Everybody knows A turkey and some mistletoe Help to make the season bright Tiny little tots With their eyes all aglow Will find it hard to sleep To see if reindeer Really know how to fly So I'm offering This simple phrase To kids from one To ninety-two Though it's been said times many ways Merry Christmas to you love and joy come to you and to you your carol too and God bless you and send you a happy New Year and God send you a happy new. Year.